and gentlemen, I can't tell you how happy we are to welcome one Brent Primus to the show. Brent, how you doing, sir? Good, good. How you doing? Not too bad, man. Uh, congratulations on your win yesterday. How do you feel? Thank you. I feel great. I feel great. Uh, it was fun. Had a blast. It was kind of cool competing against Jake Shields. You know, I looked up to that guy and uh, watched him fight for a long time, so that was pretty cool. How did that come together? Because I know uh, it wasn't necessarily the first match that was going to happen for him, right? Yeah, I was supposed to uh, fight or had a match with uh, Michael Kessa, and then uh, I'm not exactly sure what happened. He just uh, either got injured or got lined up with a fight. That's what I was thinking, so I didn't really say why. And then uh, I got a call saying, uh, Kessa's out. <clears throat> You're going against Jake Shields. And I was like, all right, that's cool, I guess, you know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was cool, man. I, I, I think Jake's definitely a more technical of a grappler than Kessa. But uh, Kessa would have had his own troubles, I think, you know, I, or he has his own um, his own game that would have been difficult in his own way or whatever. But it was cool, man. It was awesome to get, get, uh, compete against Jake Shields for sure. I mean, I'm looking at you, and I saw that you got put in as a replacement, and I go, oh. Yeah, okay. I'll watch that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There are definitely worse <laughs> ways that could have gone. So uh, there was that. Well, tell me a little bit about the match. Like, what were you expecting Jake to do uh, in terms of uh, game planning? It honestly went exactly how I imagined. And I, I've literally been visualizing it over and over for, for the last, like, three weeks. And it's kind of exactly how I imagined. You know, I, like... I wanted to kind of play really smart in the first round, the first five minute round. I wanted to play really smart and, and uh, I didn't want to shoot in and have him get on top of me and stuff like that. And then I also, man, there's a couple of times where I had him against the cage where I was wanting to, you know, work my takedowns. And I just kept on in the back of my head thinking that he has a really good guillotine and I just didn't want to get put in that mess. So I was like, man, I'm just going to play safe. And um, I was thinking about pulling like a flying triangle or, or flying arm bar when, when there's like two minutes in or something like that. But, uh, he pulled guard, so I was like, oh, that's cool, man. Uh, I can work my top game, and I started working my knee cross pass, and, and that start, that worked out. <clears throat> I think I passed guard last you know last minute or something like that. And then um, the overtime rounds, I knew he's going to go to the back control, and I knew he's going to have a really solid you know back control, and, I, and uh, he did, man. It felt really, really strong. And I was thinking in my head, I was like, man, I can either you know try to get out of this right now and, and get tired and use a bunch of energy, or I can just – let this two minutes go out, and uh, I, I I felt really confident in my arm bar, so I I I, uh, I just really figured that I was going to catch him my arm bar, and it went exactly how I planned, you know. So I was wanting him to go first, I was wanting to defend first, so I would have a choice to arm bar him uh, and win it, and uh, it, yeah, exactly how I thought it was going to happen, man. So it was awesome. I like that you have a preference. You're like, uh, I would like for him to go first. Is there ever any way, especially after the coin flip, you can kind of be like. So like I don't know if there's any strategy to be like, hey, you should uh, you should go first, bud. Like, wink. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It happened. I, I was wanting to go first to defend first, and yeah, it happened exactly how I wanted to. Man, it, it couldn't have went better. So it was cool. I have to ask this because obviously he has a lot of tape available from his MMA fights, and he's starting to build more and more jujitsu highlights in terms of he's competing way more in jujitsu, which is awesome. But for me, and I don't know if this is how you feel it's still weird to see him playing guard. Like there's a moment where as a fan of his, I'm kind of like, Oh, right. Yeah. This feels weird for some reason, you know? Yeah, for sure. I was shocked that he pulled a card on me. Honestly, uh, 
I think you pull like butterfly and uh, I got a bunch of training partners that like to play butterfly guard. So I felt really comfortable in that and especially with my knee cross pass. And, um, but yeah, man, I, I was definitely shocked that he pulled guard. So that's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, it was cool. I mean, I'll tell you this and I try to put myself into these situations when I'm commentating or, you know, yesterday we had a, like a little fight companion we were doing as we were watching it. And I just seeing you and your size and the way you roll is almost like, I don't know that I want to pull guard immediately. Like that just feels like a lot of smash to deal with. Yeah. And it's funny because I play so much guard in the gym and stuff like that. I think because uh, a lot of people just don't want me to play on top of them. You know, I, I think I passed my guard, pass their guard. Really, I have a good guard pass and everything like that. So usually I'm just like a nice guy and I just pull a guard on everybody. So, you know, last lately, it's all I do is just, I sit down on my butt and play my guard. And uh, it was cool to be able to play that, my, my knee cross pass in my top game on Jake. Because lately I've been playing my guard. Even in my fights, I've been, you know, hitting my, uh, what do you call it, the umaplatas and gogoplatas and all that stuff in my guard and everything. So it's cool to be able to show my top game a little bit. And um, and that, that arm bar that I got, I actually uh, I switched up my arms. I don't know if you guys – I know Chael was talking about it in the interview, but the way I just started practicing that last few weeks and um, I can really control their head with my, with my arm and have my three arms is free by their head so I can – uh, go underneath and like I did to Jake, I grabbed his wrist and it, I put so much pressure on that wrist that it's almost like a wrist lock. And so a lot of people yeah. give me their arm and uh, it happened just how I've been drilling. And yeah, man, it was, it was, it was sweet. Well, I was watching yesterday uh, with uh, my friend, Kevin Bradley, and we were watching it live. So there is film of us doing this. And there's also, I believe we gave you a cheers. Normally we reserve when we have a beer in hand for those who get a submission within regulation but yeah. we thought we'd make an exception for you because I was like, oh, that's pretty good. Like, I had to admit, like, overtime isn't always the most exciting, but I still feel like if you do something that's pretty cool there. Kevin had the observation that it was very similar to when Boogie caught uh, Jake Shields and that kind of overtime sort of thing where you saw a very similar opening with how you were controlling that arm to begin with. And I thought as I was watching you do it, I was like, damn, dude, that was a beautiful read. Because for a split second, he thought he might be out. Yeah, yeah. That's when I transitioned to that that wrist or whatever and just put a lot of pressure on his mm-hmm. on his hand. And uh, yeah, yeah, it worked really well, man. I, I And I've been really practicing when they stacked me up just to keep my posture really good with my, my back so I have room to get that arm extended out and um, – Man, I've been drilling that arm bar like in overtime rounds like crazy the last like three weeks, and um, it went exactly how I planned. So has yeah, is beautiful. It's cool. Hopefully, I can uh, come back to the sub and, and you know get a, a top guy again or whatever. It'd be cool to get, go against one of the guys in the UFC, but I've heard that uh, you know the UFC doesn't want any of their guys going against any Bellator guys or whatever. But we'll see. Oh, that's funny. That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that's not true. I mean, it could be. I, I'm not a matchmaker for them. I don't know the particulars. But if that is the actual thing, that's stupid. Yeah, I agree for sure. I agree. Because, I mean, here's the weird part. It's just like if they were smart, you have the ability to brand it as a little bit of, you know, AFC and NFC kind of a thing for submission because it's not quite MMA. You know, at the same thing, you want to see a Super Bowl. Like, you want to see what that would look like. Um, so, I don't know. Um, but let me walk you through this because you were mentioning it, but I can actually pull up 
thanks to the magic of this, we can talk about how you were able to pull this off right here. I don't know if you could see it on your side, but your follow along is beautiful here. And this is where you're talking about the wrist on the inside. The camera angle yeah. can't fully see it, but that's what's happening on the other side here. Yeah, exactly. I pretty much grabbed the three or four fingers, his, his, you know, his, pretty much his whole hand right there. And I, and pretty much so much pressure on it. It, a lot of guys tap from just that alone. And then, yeah. you know, so, um, but I knew he's either going to tap from that or give me the arm. And yeah, it worked out like just how I planned and him and training or whatever. And I've been working some of my arm bars with Austin Vanderford and he's so gosh damn explosive and strong that I, I that's why I adjusted to this grip and the reverse arm in there. And it, it, it was kind of helping with, you know, big, strong, powerful guys like Austin, stuff like that. But still, that guy's a beast. So, um, you know, I feel like if I can armbar Austin or keep him, you know, what somewhat for two minutes, that I can pretty much get anybody like that. So, um, yeah, it was cool. Hey, I got to tell you, man, there's a little bit of jealousy on my part because I've definitely draped over that, that right leg over when I'm trying to finish an armbar. And uh, it is not going successful for me. But when I saw you put that over, I was like, no, that's pressure, dude. I think he's got this. I thought that yeah, was pretty dope. So kudos to you, my man. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, you know, you mentioned Austin. And what is something that you feel that people who, you know, a lot of these internet guys, we all have our good jokes. He's obviously very popular. What's something that we don't know about him? About Austin? Damn, I feel like uh, they let everything, their whole life on uh, Instagram. So I think everybody knows everything about him. I feel, you know, but uh, I mean, which you guys probably already know, he's, he's a workhorse. He works really, really hard. He's, he's one of the hardest working guys in the gym. And, and I think it shows. Uh, um, I, I know his match didn't go quite like he wanted to yesterday, but um, it doesn't change anything about how I, you know, think about him or um, he's a beast, man. So, uh, I know that he'll be back in the gym. Probably he's at the gym right now. Probably, you know, honestly. So, um, but, uh, he'll come back stronger and obviously Gabriel Checo. Um, I hope I said his name right, but yeah. that guy's a beast, man. If he can hold Austin's back like that and get a choke, then, you know, hats off to that guy. Cause man, yeah, he, he's has a solid back control and back take. So, yeah. I'll tell you this much. And I mean, uh, this is something that I picked up and you could tell me differently, but I just figured that you have the role and then the back control that was exhausting because a lot of people probably would have tapped to a number of the other things that Gabriel was doing, but that you saw Austin doing a good job of two on one and and like really, really fighting it for a long period of time that it just felt like toward the end, I felt like his arms were down for a split second too long. And that in between when he recentered himself back into it. And I was just kind of like, sure, but I can't tell how exhausted he is from all of that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, I don't think it. I don't think he got caught from like being exhausted because Austin has really good cardio. You know, I hardly ever see that guy gassed out. You know, but I think I think honestly, it's just Checo's just his technique and his, his aggressiveness. And it, man, he was attacking that neck like really aggressive, and he he did a good job, man. Like hats off to that guy. And uh, it's my first time meeting that guy, and he was like super cool, really humble. Um, you know, so yeah, hats off to that guy. He he has an awesome attack, and uh, I know Austin will be back, you know, stronger than ever for sure. Well, absolutely, and I mean, it's a little bit different of being tired in one gym to being tired and having Zangief on your back and trying <laughs> yeah. to do that. It's it's not quite the same. So it's something that I try to qualify as I make sure people understand because 
from my understanding of it is, is like all the little things that he was doing to keep him safe throughout the other portion of the time can't be overlooked. So oh, yeah. I, that's a high practitioner who does that. Well, sir, let's do a little bit of this. I didn't, we're going to start here by asking you to say the speech you would have liked to have said, because there are no post fight interviews. And that always bugs me as a guy who talks to athletes. Yeah, so yeah. Who you have thanked and, and who would you have shouted out had they put the mic to you? I mean, obviously, I would think Professor Fabiano Scherner, man. He's helped me out so much, and he's like a, a mentor, kind of like a father figure, man. He, that guy's awesome, and I respect him so much, and he's helped me out, you know, tremendously with all of his techniques and, and everything he showed me and uh, all the guys at American's top team and also Professor Ben Baxter at Performance Martial Arts and Eugene. Me and him have went over so many dang arm bar drills and, and overtime rounds and I really think that he helped me out a lot, you know, uh, with that. He's a big, strong dude, and, um, man, he's, he's helped me out a lot. So thank you to those, you know, professors and, and all my training partners. You know, they, uh, I, obviously I wouldn't be who I am without my training partners and, and everything. And uh, I, I was wanting to, you know, kind of hang out and thank Jake Shields. You know, it would have been kind of cool to kick it with him. And I, I was wanting to party with him afterwards, but I messaged him. He didn't get back to me until, like, uh, I already left or whatever today. today. But, um yeah, man. Uh, don't really got too many. Oh, and uh, virus, man. They hooked me up with the the best shorts and gear and stuff like that for the this fight. And uh, yeah, so I think virus and uh, yeah. <laughs> I so you were. I wasn't really planning on like doing a speech or whatever because they, they're like, yeah, you're not gonna say anything. So I was like, all right, that's even better, man. I'm just gonna go in there and, and grapple and get the hell out of here, you know, and go party. So. <clears throat> well, you did what I think is the right thing to do when you exit because I've now learned in today's episode. I didn't know this until there. But, you know, when we're watching it live, you know, you're commenting and you're looking for the jokes. And one of the jokes I see is it always looks like, you know how they have those translators uh, who do for, like, the hearing impaired? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it always looks like they're just kind of like, hey, what's up? I just want to go and tell different people. It's been really cool. And, yeah, we're going to do this. And I'm like, I don't understand a word you just said. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for sure. But I have learned that they have been instructed to kind of do something to the camera to kind of vamp or to stall so that it allows kale to talk over them but i think you chose the right thing did, did you go for the double guns like that did you just be like is that where, where the natural ideas to go or where did you go idea yeah i pretty much did like the double guns a little bit and uh i know my little boy uh he's like almost three years old he was watching me so i i did a shout out to him and uh but yeah i didn't do too much they sold you like go in the middle and flex do something kind of crazy for like a few seconds to uh, burn some time but uh, yeah, I just went there, just a little flex, and you know, said what's up to my little guy that was watching. But yeah, it was cool. So you have a, a son that's three years old. Yeah, he's almost three. He'll be three in August, and I got a little girl who's eight months old right now, and uh, they are so awesome and fun and the highlight of my life, man. It's it's pretty cool. My little dude, he's almost three, like I said, and he's uh just the funniest little coolest dude ever, man. He's awesome. Good for you, man. Congrats on that. I just want to say because. Uh, you know, I don't always love people who do double guns, uh, just cause it's easy to make fun of and granted you do the work, so you should be able to pose, but I feel like you're somebody who's able to do it for this reason. Just look at this photo and understand that. Yeah. You, you, you do got a little bit of the human, uh, look like I, I saw that photo and I was immediately like, yeah, you have permission to do double guns cause you've actually got muscles. Other people, uh, yeah, not too much, bro. One of the uh, the fans said that to me, and I just cracked up. I just watched He Man when uh, 
I was little, you know, every Saturday mornings and stuff like that. So I thought that was hilarious. You know, I was like, I got to repost that or whatever. But yeah, right. shout out to that guy. That was cool. Hey, whoever made that, it's a good use of the internet. I don't always say that with memes, but that's 100% <laughs> a good use. Let's get into the backstory, dude. Where does jiu-jitsu or and mixed martial arts, where does that begin for you? Where did I start out or, or where's, where's what's going on next? No, no, no. We're, we'll get to the what's next, but I want to go back because this is the first time you and I have had the opportunity to chat. So I always like to do origin story with that. Where does jujitsu or mixed martial arts begin for you? Man, like I, uh, you know, I got kicked out of my house when I was really young. I think I was like 13 and I had my own place when I was like around like 14 or 15. I had my own house. And so my house was like the crazy party place. I was literally partying there every single night and, uh, um, I was getting in a lot of street fights, at, like college parties and all this stuff. I was getting a lot of fights. And one of my buddies like, man, if you're going to do that, you might as well um, make some money. So he signed me up for a cage fight. And uh, so I was like, all right, cool. And then there's like, I think I was like two two weeks out from the fight. I went to this jiu-jitsu gym and um, I totally thought I was going to just beat the crap out of everybody there. And I walked in the gym and I got choked out and arm barred. And, and uh, I literally just blew my mind. I was like, man, this is crazy. I, I'm way stronger. And I think I'm way better an athlete than all these guys. And they're like beating my, my ass. And so I just totally knew that it was technique and, and all that stuff. And so I, uh, started training full time. I had my own Lansing visit this time. I pretty much sold that. And, um, I was, uh, just training full time and it all kind of went from there, you know? And like, uh, I thought MMA was kind of nuts when I first saw it. And once I started doing jujitsu and, and then started doing boxing and then putting it all together and, and everything, I realized, you know, it's a sport, and um, I just fell in love with it, and uh, started training, like I said, man, like two, three times all day long, I was in the gym, so it, uh, I just totally fell in love with it, and caught on to, to jiu-jitsu so fast, you know, as uh, I think I got my blue belt in like three weeks, I, my first gi tournament was the Pan Americans, and I think there's like 170 or 160 people in, in my division, and my, my uh, professor at the time was like, man, if you win the Pan Americans, uh, you got your blue belt. And I was like, oh, what? Let's do this. And uh, I think I had like seven matches and, and I won and got my blue belt. And it was, it was awesome. And so I, just, I was just in love with it. You know, is it I, I just totally fell in love with the bowing, the respect, the honor. Like, um, I, it was just everything was for me. I, I actually watched watched uh, Hickson's choke video. I don't know if you ever watched that. Of course. But I watched that, and that got me, uh, man, I was in love, man. It was My, my dog's name is actually Hickson. You know, Hickson Grace is definitely one of my idols, man, for sure. Have you had the chance to meet him? Yes, I have met him a couple times. The first time I met him, I was in uh, San Diego training for Worlds. I was over there for like a month or something like that. I was training at Saulo Rivera's gym, and Hickson was there, and I tore my knee. It popped so loud, boom, and I was like, it was the last day of training before Worlds, and it popped so loud, and I was screaming on the ground and then all of a sudden Hickson comes over and grabs me and uh, takes me to the side and like, literally like, like, boom, Mr. Miyagi me and like, ah, like, you know, and uh, started talking to me and like, started rubbing my knee and I was like, oh man, sweet, this is cool as hell. And uh, that was my first time meeting him. He was like the coolest guy ever, you know, so it was awesome. It's pretty funny. It's very similar to when I interviewed him. And I told him, I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to do two interviews, one for print, one for like interview, like a video one. And he's like, cool. So I exhaust him for two hours. You know, I, I interview, interview, interview. Yeah. And then mid interview, I said, well, what does it feel like to be synonymous with the movement for like yoga and breathing in jujitsu? Because 
before you, there really wasn't something that was as publicized, but you are very much associated with it. And he looks at me and he just goes, you breathe? And I was like, oh, oh, no. Like, yes, but like the Walmart version of whatever you're doing. Bro. <laughs> I don't have a real version of it. Yeah. And he's like, okay. He goes, come back and do a private later. And I was like, uh, okay, sure, whatever. We literally finished the second part of the interview. And he goes, get on the mats. And I was like, well, text everybody. I love you. I'm probably going to get hurt <laughs> now. And he comes over and immediately starts doing the Miyagi and is like already just instructing me on how to breathe. And I was like, what? He goes, I, I just figured we should do it now. And he yeah, immediately yeah. starts going into a breathing kind of like introduction to, to how to maintain and, and control your breathing. And I just was like, I've never had an interview like this. Like yeah. I'm used to people just being like, good day, sir. Thank you. But at the end, it was just because he told me, he's like, I very much respect the way how you interview and I appreciate you. And I was like, uh, okay, well, it's not going to get cooler than that. So uh, I'm going to retire from interviewing people now. <laughs> yeah, you're lucky, man. That'd be awesome. That's a, a lifetime experience right there. You know, I think that I would love that. Be, that'd be awesome for sure. It, but it's it's more so like, I think it's because you don't approach it as a fan. Like you have to approach it from, a journalist standpoint of saying like, Hey dude, I do have these questions and clearly you have something that is an impressive career. But like, if I ask you and geek out on it, it's going to look dumb, but yeah. don't get me wrong. You're pretty good at what you do. So uh, we went like that. I want to go ahead and go back on this. Did you do sports? Cause again, you look like a pretty in shape guy. And I imagine that's something that was consistent from when you were young. Were you doing other sports before, uh, you kind of found your way into mixed martial arts. Yeah, I played soccer like my whole life. Soccer was my life. I played on like club teams out of season and traveled. Um, and yeah, soccer was my life. I wanted to become a professional soccer player, but in high school, like, I, like I said, I got kicked out of my house and so I had my own house in high school, and I had nobody tell me to go to school, go to classes, do your homework, and and uh, I literally just got good grades for soccer season and then once soccer was over i just kind of party did my own thing and, and everything but uh, I, I played soccer until you know every year all the way till senior year we won state my senior year and um i think soccer helped me with just like the work ethic and running and and um and all that stuff for sure but uh yeah soccer used to be my passion for sure and now it's definitely uh, grappling and beating people up and and I, I wouldn't change it, but definitely, I think it also helped me with my kicks and, and all that stuff too, you know, uh, playing soccer and, and every once in a while, like, um, I think actually like a few years ago, I ha I got like a soccer team, a city league going on in, in Eugene and I had all my buddies going and I didn't have enough soccer players. So I got like a bunch of my guys that grapple and jujitsu and do MMA and it was a complete shit show. Like they're <laughs> grabbing the soccer ball in the middle of the game and they're running with it. And I was like, dude, you guys know this is not rugby. I don't know. It was just, it, it was pretty. So, uh, so next time I'm going to do that, I got to get all soccer players. None, none of my grappling buddies can play anymore. <laughs> Two things on that. One, I, I grew up playing soccer and for years I couldn't put on weight and that would only make me mad because as I'm sure, you know, if you're a stick and someone runs into you in soccer, that's no bueno. Like <laughs> For sure. if you're durable, cool, but it means they're going to beat you to the ball and they're going to have a little bit of muscle to kind of push you around. Yeah, yeah. And so I'd always be like, Ugh. well, on the split side of that, though, I credit soccer for keeping me in shape for so many years after it because I wasn't doing as much actively like to do it. But I would eat well and I was like, my metabolism should make me 
way fatter, but it's because of soccer that I was looking like a decent person. Um, but I am curious about this though. So you go from soccer, you make that transition. I love it. I understand it. Um, and I know that at a point you, you moved out, you, you're doing your own thing. Where does that motivation come from to want to be better? Because it's one thing it's if, if it's MMA, but like, it's gotta be a motivation that makes you say like, Hey, I've got to stop doing this. Like I've got to get it together. And does it really come from mixed martial arts or does it come from you first? Well, I mean, honestly, like, uh, I got kicked out of my house by my stepdad and when I was like, you know, 12, 13 years old and had so much hate and craziness fire in me, you know, I, all I want to do is beat it, beat him up. That's all I want to do. And I used to do a thousand pull up or a thousand pushups and thousands of crunches every single day when I was really, really young, you know, and all I want to do is just go beat up my, I was like, man, I'm gonna get really strong. I'm gonna go beat his, his ass, you know? And, uh, that's kind of where it started. And then I've always had just i was always just think about things that he said and, and things that's happened in, you know between us and it would just motivate me and give me fire and and it has always helped me to train like a savage when i feel like whenever i'm tired or i can just think about things that's happened and it fires just brings fire in my veins and it just motivates me you know so i think that's definitely what uh motivated me and, and helped me fight or whatever it's just like you know just my past but um yeah yeah i don't know man uh yeah it, it was crazy but I, honestly i wouldn't change anything you know i, I i'm who i am today for because of all that and uh yeah so it, it was awesome but definitely high school was a crazy time and all i did is just like party sell a bunch of really really good marijuana and uh uh yeah man just played soccer <laughs> it was crazy it sounds like you were given a certain kind of card a hand if you would and you were like no i'm gonna make the most of this i'm gonna figure it out and man kudos to you because that's a real big turnaround but to even have a business at that young of an age for landscaping that's still pretty impressive like it it's a never-ending hustle on that so was the moment that you were selling the landscaping business the moment you said like nah this is my career i'm, I'm ready to full-time go into this yeah for sure um I, I had like an awesome clientele. Like I was making really good money, especially for the age I was do, doing landscaping. And um, I literally just, I just knew that if I put my heart and soul into jujitsu, that I could be somebody or make something out of it, you know? And I just knew that I just had like, a feeling. And luckily I did because, you know, jujitsu has brought me to where I am and it's given me everything that I have today. And, um, and uh, yeah, man, it, it's, I'm blessed for sure, and and I I'm so glad that all that crap and craziness has happened to me because man, it's it made me uh, the competitor that I am for sure. Good for you, man. That's pretty dope to hear. I have to figure this out because maybe I'm asking selfishly as a jujitsu guy, but I know that when I have hobbyists who do you know contract work or are in construction, they're just a pain in the ass. So. Even when you're telling me you're doing like a thousand sit-ups, a thousand crunches, I'm like, which do you credit more? Do you credit that work ethic that gave you the thousand crunches and the thousand push-ups? Or do you credit the fact that even you were still doing hard labor that just probably made you super tough as nails? Yeah, I think the combination for sure, you know, uh, like when I was doing landscaping, like I, I would sometimes there were like 12-hour days, you know, I'd wake up really, really early and go and start and I 
my I think uh, class started at six thirty, so I would you know hustle my butt off so I could go to the gym and uh, and train and. I would be, you know, mowing long, mowing lawns, digging holes all day long, planting flowers, doing all this stuff. And, uh, it helped me, uh, I think I had a little edge on everybody else, you know, like all the guys going to college, you know, hanging out with their buddies, playing video games and then going to the gym. And, you know, I was out there doing like manual work and, and, uh, it's hard to build that manual man strength. It really is, you know? Um, and, uh, I think just the combination of that and then just the work ethic of doing, you know, pull-ups and pushes, thousands of them, uh, definitely gave me that edge and and i've always felt i've always said like what you do outside the gym away from everybody else that's what's going to separate you from everybody else and so i've always tried to you know by myself at my house like every morning every night i do thousands of you know sit-ups and and pull-ups and push-ups and i think that definitely you know separates me from everybody else and this is what you gotta do you gotta do things that other people aren't willing to do i feel so that's what it's all about Good on you. Um, I'm just letting you know. Literally, every guy that has come in, it's like I do a little bit of construction. I'm like, don't roll with me. <laughs> like, it's, just, sure. yeah, yeah. it's just I don't need that in my life, you know. Especially even <laughs> the guys who I'm like, I think I have more technique than them. You just end up being like, you'll do the best armbar in the world, and they'll just be like, Nah, bro, I got this. This is literally a day of drywall. Whoop. Yep, that crazy man strength. There's this guy. Speaking of that, there's a guy that I used to train with. Uh, it's the manual, but they call him the manhandler. He's done concrete <laughs> his whole life, and literally, it's he doesn't. He's not like big and buff, but he's like just so physically strong. Like like you say, an arm bar. He's like ah, no way, you know. Like he's just so strong from doing concrete his whole life, and it's just hard to, you know, get that. It's hard to build that uh, that strength, you know, doing anything else besides just man work, you know. Absolutely, and like one of my friends, uh, he's a he does construction, he does roofs. And, uh, there's just this one day where he and I just kept going through different bells, going through different bells. It's like 45 minutes. And then it's just like me and him are just dead afterwards. And he's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. he looks at me and he goes, dude, you're so much better than me. And I was like, clearly I'm not, I'm really not. We're both here. This is death. Um, well, let me ask this because I'm always curious. Like, when do you feel like, what's the first submission that you were like, okay, that's it. I kind of feel I've got this. Oh, I think it was my 180 arm bar. I had when I was like, I think I was a white belt and I was submitting all. I think I was, no, I just got my blue belt and I was doing my 180 arm bar. And I remember I was sitting in class and one of the professors, like, he's like, you know, Brent premise, yeah, blah, blah, blah. He's a blue belt, but he has a, a 180 arm bar that's a black belt. You know, he, he, he uh, throws that 180 arm bar like a black belt. You know, I was like, oh, sweet. You know, he even said that I have a 180 arm you know, my arm bar is like a black belt. And so I kind of just like, that was my thing, man. I would go to side control and want to the arm bar everybody. And that was like probably my first, you know, passion and love right there. That one of the arm bar was, was my jam. I mean, cause already the fact that you were like three weeks into your jujitsu journey, you're a blue belt. So you're that mythical unicorn that shows up <laughs> that uh, gets yeah. that. That's funny. <laughs> I'm curious, you know, you mentioned you fell in love right away. Um, I always, as a uh, like a blanket statement, always ask our guests, like, do you know the exact moment? Because to me, I can remember, you know, being at a 10th planet and visiting there and being like, oh, man, this is tough. Like, this is really difficult, but I like it. It's like a crossword puzzle to me. Like, there's yeah. obviously a physicality of it, but these guys would compliment me. They'd be like, man, your defense is really good. You don't know what you're doing, but you kind of do. 
And I was like, yeah, I just kind of reverse engineer what you're doing and stop <laughs> you from doing that. I don't yeah. know what I'm doing other than I don't want this to hurt. Yeah. So do you have a moment that you can kind of recall that you were kind of like, yeah, this jujitsu thing's pretty fucking dope. Yeah. Cause, like uh, when I had my own house, like we'd get drunk, we drink a bunch of whiskey, like all my buddies and like every night we move the couches and uh, we'd grapple and just beat each other up. We didn't know what we were doing. We just squeeze each other's heads and, and I, I was always, I'd win just cause I was, I was just stronger and I felt, felt like I tried harder and, you know, and I'd always win. But I think the moment was when I went to, I, I started training jujitsu for like uh, a couple of weeks. I think I was maybe like a week or two, I started training. And then uh, I was at my house and uh, we were talking to a bunch of my buddies were over there, you know, we're smoking and drinking or whatever. And we were just talking about how I started doing jujitsu and my, like three of my buddies were like, oh yeah, that shit don't work. There's no way you could get me. Like actually like, tap me out and that stuff. I was like, okay. And so we just, uh, I lived across the street from a school. So I was like, all right, let's go across the street. I'm going to choke all you guys out right now. And we all went across the street and one by one, man, I tapped these dudes out, uh, with, you know, with actual legit moves, you know? And like, right then I was like, man, this is so damn awesome. You know, I, I learned this move like last week and I'm over here just arm barring the crap out of my buddies right now, you know? And uh, <laughs> I think that was probably the moment where I was like, man, this stuff is hundred percent legit and it, works and uh, i fell in love with it you know that was only like a week or two in and i was like man just imagine what i can do if i actually you know train for years or whatever and but that was probably definitely the, the moment right there when i was like choking out all my buddies in the grass right there I was like oh man this shit works and i have to give you credit because i've been at house parties where this has happened i won't say if i was involved or not but I've seen these things. The fact that you actually had the organization to be like, we're going to move the setting oh, just yeah, a yeah. little bit out there. Cause most people don't have that much organization. If you're <laughs> ever at these things, it's usually just right then and there. So yeah, yeah. to have that there, um, that's pretty impressive, man. Well, dude, that's, that's so good to hear how that comes here uh, and, and how that continues to build the foundation to where you go. What was it like when you were first entering Bellator? Like, what was that experience for you personally like? Because that means you know you're on the come up with some people in an organization that big is giving you a platform. Yeah, it was amazing. I, it was crazy because, like, when I turned pro, I was already a black belt in jiu-jitsu. And so I had so many fights back out. And people, you know, I'd signed a contract. And I was getting ready to fight people in, like, all these local promotions. And I had, man, like, probably 10 people – back out of fights and I literally just couldn't get a fight at all. And, um, even I think my first pro or one of my first pro or two, my first two pro fights, I literally gave, I told the promoter to give some of my purse to the, my opponent to make, to sweeten the deal, to fight me, you know? And, um, and I did that for the, I think it was my first two professional fights. I said, you know, give them a, per, a percentage to sign the contract. And, uh, so anyways, I couldn't have, I, I, didn't have anybody that would want to fight me in town and it was like a year or something like that and i was like man i'm literally just gonna give up this mma and i'm gonna start doing jujitsu and just just focus on jujitsu and compete in jujitsu and um because i just couldn't get a fight you know and then uh i went up and trained at row i think it was like row city at the time and uh i trained there and they're like man don't give up you're good we'll, we'll have a manager come and look at you or, or something like that and they did they had you know jason house my manager now come fly up out there, watch me train. And then he had one of the guys from Bellator come and watch me. And I think Dave Jansen had something to do with that too. And they had Bellator came out there and they, they watched me spar and they signed me when I was two and oh, and uh, I was just like, 
so blessed. I felt so happy. I was like on, on cloud nine and um, that's when it all happened. And, and, you know, so thank, thanks to Bellator for signing me when I was only two and oh. <clears throat> I mean, it, it's a good buy-in uh, in terms of both for jiu-jitsu and MMA to have been like three weeks in. Yeah, he's a blue belt. Two okay. fights in, Bellator's like, yeah, I could see this. I mean, it's a testament to what you're doing when you have the spotlight on you. So there is that. I would tell you this, though. I have deep remembrances of watching the uh, Chandler fight and just being like, I couldn't put myself in your shoes. I was watching that leg injury happen, and I was just like, how is this fight still going on? Like, Jesus Christ, like watching him grit through it. And, and then watching how it was, because I was like, dude, what an amazing moment for you. What did it feel like to win the championship like that? Oh, it was crazy. It was like, I can't explain it, man. It was like the best, craziest time in my life. And, we just, and it wasn't just because of the fight. I think it was a lot of it was just everything that was coming up to the fight, my life in that situation, you know, like I literally was so broke. I was had no money in my bank account when I went and fought him. I borrowed money from family members to to do that training camp i literally was negative in my bank account i was 100 broke i had no money i had everybody in the whole world telling me i was going to lose i had people messaging me every day saying how uh i'm gonna die you know and uh so it was just a crazy time and when i went there and won you know not only did i win but my my money went up you know when i did win you know i get the 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 win bonus or whatever and so I just totally, and I had a, a baby being born in a month or two. And so just the thought of, I'm going to have money in the bank. I'm, I'm going to be able to support my family. I'm the world champion, you know, and I just, all that hard work, all that craziness that went in my life, you know, everything, my dad being in prison, not having a dad, being, you know, selling weed, being busted by the cops. It's like all of that stuff, you know, went through my, flashed in my head. And it was literally just like, an outer body experience almost, you know, is, is, uh, people just don't understand, understand, you know, but, uh, it was, it was amazing and I'll never forget it, especially fighting in Madison square garden and being on the same card as Fedor and all these dudes that I've looked up to for so long. It was like, it was, uh, it was amazing. Freaking amazing. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Like it's so funny because for me personally, when I watch those fights and I see those things, you're not thinking at the time. And I mean, I had a show, but I never thought I would get the chance to interview, but it is interesting that you kind of watch it and it's like ingrained in my memory too. And I remembered having a visceral, like I was at a bar and I just remembered the guys at the far, the bar yelling at Chandler and being like, just get back in there. And I was <laughs> like, bro, like, I'm like sitting down. I was like, Hey, can we just talk real quick? Um, <laughs> That's not fun. Like, I don't know how other way to put it to you. I don't think it's because he's a bitch. I think it's just because, whoa, fuck, dude. Credit <laughs> to what Red's putting out there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was an amazing moment. And I have to ask this because this is particularly, you know, this is the grappling hour. So we always try to ask, even with our MMA fans who have particularly unique things on their record. You have a go-go plot of finish. Like, in what world did you imagine you would finish a fight via Coco Plata? Man, I know everybody says, like, every says that, you know, and they're like, honestly, to me, I just, I thought it was a matter of time because I get uh, a lot of people in the, in the Gogo Plata all the time. Like, um, the Uma Plata is, like, one of my home bases for my guard, you know. I go to the Uma Plata and I get it all the time. And, like, I have so many things that branch off of the Uma Plata and the Gogo Plata is just one of the things that, 
you know, kind of branches off of that. And uh, so I literally, it was just a matter of time before I caught it and I, you know, in the, in the cage or whatever, or in a tournament. But um, if all my training partners, if you've trained with me, you know, they all know that the Uma Plata and the Gogo Plata and the Gogo Clinch and all that stuff um, is my bread and butter. So honestly, I was like, I wasn't surprised at all. <laughs> well, I mean, kudos to you, but those are usually the ones that most people undervalue or don't give as much credit to because they just don't get caught with it as much. And that's usually yeah. what it comes down to. If you have a proficient person at it, like if you look and you know that their game is very uh, like setup based from uh, whether it's from guard or whether it's from, they just recognize how to transition that position really well, then you're just stuck. So that's one of the worst parts about that. That setup is just having to admit like, how did we get here? Like record scratch, like, you might wonder how I got here. I wondered how I got here too. Um, yeah. but to get it in a in a big fight is uh, is always something to be very notable for. Now I notice again. Uh, congrats on your Bellator win back in February. Has it been difficult because you were one of the last people to have a fight pre all of this world going crazy? Where are you at? Did it feel good to get like a submission underground to like kind of release it out and and be in competition mode right now? Yeah, it was so great to compete. You know, I was obviously nervous as hell yesterday just competing against Jake Shields and haven't competed in a while and it's going to be on a UFC Fight Pass and I'm fighting freaking Jake Shields, you know, so it was that I was nervous as hell, but it was so amazing and awesome just to, like you said, get that out and just be able to compete again and, um, you know, hats off and thank you to Chel Sonnen for giving us athletes uh, a place to compete when all this crap is going on in the world, so... Um, thank you, Chell, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was it was awesome. Just the whole format of the event, everything. It was it was pretty cool, man. Like I, uh, they're like, yeah, meet me at this hotel, and you'll follow us through the event, and you can't have anybody with you. You know, I was like, damn, man, this is like Mortal Kombat crap right here. And so, you know, I met him. We drove like out in the middle of nowhere, and uh, it was just me. And uh, there really wasn't that many people out there at all. They could only have a certain amount of people in the building right now. You know, and they're like had guys cleaning everything like if i sat somewhere i'd get up there's some guy spraying it off cleaning it behind me and like um it was definitely really organized and it was uh it was awesome man i can't wait to compete uh again in the sub for sure hopefully i can well i like the fact that it looked like they had the um monsters inc guys coming in to like yeah yeah lead everything around because i was like even if you touched anything they were just like <laughs> for so sure. I definitely laughed a lot about that. Um, have you heard any rumblings? I know it's so early. They've talked about with the UFC, but have you heard any rumblings with Bellator? Is that where you expect to compete next? Or do you see yourself competing more in like a submission oriented, you know, either it's SUG or something in jujitsu? I'm hoping uh, and planning on uh, fighting for Bellator next. You know, I, I signed a contract to fight for them like two months ago. And, and as I know, it's still a go, but at the same time, it's, there's a lot of things that are gonna you know how they play out is gonna determine if i'm gonna fight or not and so it's kind of a crappy thing because it's hard to get motivated 100 if you don't know if you're fighting 100 and it's also you know expensive training for fights and it's hard on your body so i hopefully will know by the end of this week um a time a date or if it's gonna get uh postponed because i i have seen them be very cautious about how they're going to reintroduce, you know, fighting for Bellator. Cause there's been so many headlines about 
the UFC and, and the kind of stink that's made on, on a larger scale that's outside of our sport. We have people who are not even understanding our sport just being like, Neh, just because of bad public relations by the UFC. Yeah. So on the other side, watching Bellator say like, hey, listen, we're going to take our time, which is great. I just always have concern for the athletes because I see you showing up at a submission underground. I go, that's a great use of his time. Like, that's awesome that you get the opportunity to do something like that. Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I don't think that Bellator is, is in like as big as a rush to have fights on as the UFC. Cause Bellator is like owned by Viacom and I don't think that they're hurting for money and all yeah. um, and everything. But, uh, you know, I want them to throw fights as soon as possible, but at the same time, I want them to do it safely and, and everything. And if they have to do it where there's no crowd, which I think it's going to be, then so be it. I, I think it kind of sucked to fight without a crowd there. I, I feel like I get motivated, get pumped up by the crowd. But, uh, man, I hope that everything gets back to normal soon and how uh, we can just all start fighting and, and everything. But like you said, like, you know, my grandpa's like one of the, you know, it was one of the biggest, you know, I don't know. He's like, he's like my father figure. He's the man. I love my grandpa so much. And, and I would love for him to be at one of my fights. And as of right now, there's no way I'd want him to be at my fights because he has pre-existing things with his health and, and stuff like that. And I just know if he caught uh, the virus that it'd be freaking horrible. So, you know, I, I just know that I would not want my grandpa to be in an event right now. And so, you know, if, uh, I don't want my grandpa to be there. Would, would I want you know other people and other families to be there? And, and I don't know. It's just a crazy time, man. Because like, right now, all these protests and all these things are going on. And I just saw in the news that like it's the virus is like increasing everywhere right now. And in California, it's like eleven percent um, rise right now because all this stuff is going on. So I don't know. It's just crazy, man. I, I hope that everything goes back to normal soon. Yeah, I live out here in Los Angeles, and you know we're day by day looking at how things are shaping up and. You know, my wife's probably going to head back to her job pretty soon. And, you know, you're looking at the newspaper to be like, is she going to be safe? Like, yeah. Gonna be okay. So, you know, it hits home on a number of different levels. It's just, I don't know if you saw, but earlier, you know, we have even a gym that got burned down. I and uh, it's just, it's one of those things where you, you hope cooler heads prevail and that, uh, you know, things kind of work themselves out. But at the same point, nobody should have gym property or, or, or a business destroyed like that. So our heart hurts. And I am quite, quite happy to see that like within the time, like I started doing the show at one and since that time they had already reached a, a fundraising goal for that gym. So I, I thought that they already got like $20,000 like that already. Yeah, dude. I mean, <laughs> that's only in a couple of hours. So that goes yeah. to show that every so often the jujitsu community can, uh, Stop debating flat Earth to get together to do something yeah. kind of nice every once in a while, yeah, which is awesome. uh, which is always refreshing. I have to ask you this, you know, as we start to wind down, I'm curious to what you would tell this young man right here, and uh, I don't know if you see it, but this is your first photo on your Instagram. What would you <laughs> tell that young man uh, right now, right here, with all the experience and, and time that you've had? Um, probably. Uh don't spar so hard so much <laughs> man i uh i used to spar i probably i probably still do spar a little bit too much but man i was doing uh, probably 10 to 15 hard hard rounds of sparring like almost every single day like 
uh, doing shark tanks and crazy stuff, man. Uh, paying people twenty dollars to then give me black eyes and um, uh, yeah, it was it was crazy. <laughs> to be fair, I think part of that comes from you know you say that you worked on this thousand push-ups, thousand sit-ups kind of mentality to get you there. And that's kind of like the workman's version of, listen, I don't know how else to do this. Like, I'm just going to do this to get to where I need to get. I know it's going to be beneficial. So having said that, that as you get older, you get more people who can help you achieve your goals. So they kind of can help craft, but they probably don't have as good of a a canvas without that work ethic that you kind of still in yourself. I agree. I agree hundred percent. It's something that I, I kind of understand and I think it's really cool, but yeah, I've, I've seen so many of my friends uh, whenever they start talking about how many times they want to go and all that sort of stuff. I'm like, listen, Donald Cerrone is uh, not sparring at all. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. and he's made pretty good money for himself and a good career for himself. So, yeah. you know, if that, guy, if that guy who doesn't care about danger is going to tell you like, Hey kids, take it down a notch. Maybe listen to the guy. (laughs) Well, man, I've been very, very happy that you were able to give us a lot about your career. What was going on with submission underground. I would ask you this, and I think this is important to ask, which is how do we keep you competing at some of these big events? What does it take for us to see you more? Because I got to tell you, man, until we can figure out what's going on on the large scale for either Bellator or a lot of MMA, like I kind of like you competing with us here in grappling. What what are you? Yeah, what's your uh, see more of that? Yeah, I want to compete. If I'm not, if I don't have a fight scheduled, then I would love to compete as much as possible. You know, and I've asked Bellator a couple times to compete. I think in Worlds like that a while back, and and uh, they said no because it's kind of too close to a fight or whatever. But I think this time that they were like, just go for it because they don't even know what's going on right now, 100. So they're like, you know, screw it, just go compete and have fun and stay active and and thankfully they gave me the go ahead and so thank you bellator you know for letting me go compete and um it was awesome and it, it like you said man it's just it's good, just good to get my name out there and, and keep competing you know i think competing and just staying out there and is good you know it keeps the nerves at a level of t- uh pace or whatever and so um yeah man hopefully i'll be competing more and hopefully i'll be competing in uh chel sug more too man that was that was a lot of fun i had a, a blast I think you make sense there, dude. I think it would be good to see you do that more, especially when they have a little bit of a roster of people who uh, fight MMA that they like to bring in and give more opportunities to, Um, especially because some of the guys who fight, and I won't name names, are jujitsu guys who just want to make some money. Like you ask them in person, they'll be like, I don't want to fight, bro. I need to make money, though. 100%. Yeah. You're like, well, we can make more money in grappling and jujitsu. That's great. So I always want to say, like, do what you want to do. If you want to fight, go do that. But just know there's going to be more opportunities coming up for grapplers. For so sure. that that is very much my hope. Well, sir, let me go ahead and give you an opportunity to shout out whoever you want to shout out. I'm going to minimize myself. And you can go ahead and thank whoever you want to do or shout out sponsors or anybody that you would like to, sir. Floor is yours. Yeah, I think uh, definitely, you know, American Top Team, Fabiano, uh, Performance Martial Arts, Ben Baxter, and uh, Timo Yama, Coach Oyama, uh, you know, I definitely wouldn't be where I am without all of you guys. And um, got to thank Bob Squad Growers and Don Lewis Plumbing, Virus. Um, man, I always forget a lot of sponsors and on the spot. But uh, yeah, man, thank you to everybody. And uh, follow me at Brent Premise 155. And hopefully I'll be in the Beltor cage in a couple months or back in the Sug, uh, the sug cage.
I like it. And I have to get the final answer on this. So you keep saying it, and I know I've mispronounced it, but you pronounced it Primus, yeah? Yeah, yeah, Primus, yeah. Okay. How often do you get Primus? All the damn time. <laughs> All the damn time. I literally, like, I used to correct people, and now I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> you know, call me what you want. <laughs> because but- you understand, you grew up similar in age to me. I'm still older than you. But for me, Primus was first. Like, I didn't know you first, so that's where my brain goes to. Are you – did you catch that part? I'm sorry. Cut out. What did you say? I'm sorry. No, I was just saying. I grew up listening to the band Primus, so they came first. And so now my stupid brain is going to Ron Burgundy your name (laughs) the way I learned it first. Did you have that as an issue with them as a band growing up? No, not at all. You know, I think that's why a lot of people call me Primus or whatever. Um, but uh, I'm cool with it now. I don't care. I know my mom's always like, gosh, dang, you know, like tell them to get your name right or whatever. Even Chel Sonos calling me Primus or Primus. I was Primus, Primus, something, something yesterday. I was like, gosh, damn, Chel, we trained together. And so you should know my name, man. But, uh, yeah, I'm used to it now, so. That's fair. Well, I just want to make sure we do the correction on air because I picked it up maybe the first time you said it. And I said, yeah, okay, fuck that up. And then I know it, but, um, and I guarantee you, I've said it different times at different places, uh, correctly, but I didn't do that here. So I want to make sure we exit with that there. Um, so if you don't mind sticking around, I'm going to say goodbye to you off air in just a second, but I just want to close this up. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. I'm going to go ahead and close this up. I want to say thank you to everybody. Thanks to Brent premise boom got it all right i want to close this up by telling you guys thank you so much for watching and tuning in we appreciate you here at the grappling hour the last thing we're asking you to do as we do every single day if you got a gym that wants to be featured on our hashtag save jiu-jitsu gyms be it covid be it anybody who has property damage get in touch with us we want to feature those gyms because we want to do our best to amplify their message in a very very weird time also one thing that you can do you the viewer you the person watching right now is uh, take out one of these things, a little notepad. Write down the names of three persons, places, things, and make them small businesses if you can, and very easily find ways that you could support them. How do you support them? Very, very simple ways. One, buy DVDs, buy instructionals, buy privates, buy like seminars if you can. I know there are a lot of gyms that are working together to find ways to get more gyms money that they had lost over the past few months. If you can't do anything financially, we ask a very simple thing. Offer to volunteer your time to any of your gyms. Offer to help them with their organizational needs. In this time when they're going to be taking a lot of different directions on how to improve their gyms, they're going to need the help. So if you have some skills that they can benefit from, give that to your gym. I'm sure they'll very much appreciate your time. And that's at the very least, very simple thing you can do. Promise you. Check in on your teammates. Check in on them. Check their mental health. Make sure everybody's good. We talk a lot about uh, mental health in this sport, but it's very rarely that we follow up on it. If you can do one of those three things, that's great. But the last one's real particularly interesting for this reason. If you check in on them, you can talk shit about their jiu-jitsu game, and they can't do anything to you about it right now. So think about that. It's like free reign to talk shit and not have any problems until you get back to the mats. Anyway, that's going to do it for us here. We thank you guys for tuning in. We thank you for your patience today. I know we had some issues earlier with our middle interview with with Tobias, but we will bring him back on. We want to thank Nicholas. We want to thank Brent. And we want to thank you for watching. We'll be back later this week. My name is Rafa Sparza. You've been watching The Grappling Hour. We'll see you back on the mats.